So we think about scripture and we interact with it this morning. So we take a few moments in silence. You share with the Lord your desire to be open and sensitive to God's word this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the living word, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the written word, your Bible. As we interact with some of your scripture this morning, we want to be open, sensitive, and responsive to you, Father. We want to be doers of your word, not hearers only. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Two weeks ago, began a series, what I'm calling just Making Disciples. We discussed Colossians chapter 4, where we're to be wise in the way we act towards outsiders. We discussed 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, that we're to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks of the reason for the hope that we have. We discussed 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 11 and 12, where we're to be living quiet lives, minding our own business, working with our own hands. Last Sunday night, we looked at John chapter 8 as Jesus interacted with religious people. This morning, we want to interact concerning the gospel. and got a question, a couple of questions. People in this area right here, on this side, I would like you to come up with an answer for what is a car. What is a car? If you're describing a car, what is a car? For those in the center section here, I'd like you to come up with what is an airplane? What are the basics? To have an airplane, what do you need? Those over here, what is a child? And those in the back, what is a building? Think about what are the basics? What is a car? What is an airplane? What is a child? What is a building? Give you just a second to think. What is a car? What would you say if you're describing a car to someone? It's the basics. A couple responses. Okay, it's a means of transportation. Has to have a driver. What's an airplane? Jonathan. Something that flies? Vehicle that flies? Anyone else? Faster transportation. Some sort of wings. What's a child? Offspring. A gift. What's a building? Pardon? Shelter. Any other response? Foundation walls and a roof. Okay, the word of God makes it very clear, especially the gospels, Acts and the epistles, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is essential in making disciples or seeing unbelievers come into a relationship with God and into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the thought question, not looking for a response. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
What are the essentials of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Just think about it. What are the essentials of the gospel of Jesus Christ? There we go. What are the basic essentials? Going to list eight items. As you read the New Testament, you will find that God is essential in the gospel. Christ is essential. Man or humans is essential. The cross is essential. Sin is essential. Repentance Faith, our core to the gospel of Christ. Death is also core to the gospel of Christ. And eternal life is also essential. As believers in Jesus Christ, we desire to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to unbelievers in our severe influence. It may be a mate, it may be a friend, it may be a coworker, it may be a fellow student, it might be a neighbor. But as we think about communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ, I think it is important that we need a clear biblical understanding of the concepts of sin, death, God, Christ, and so on. Because if we don't have a clear understanding, we probably won't communicate very well. I can tell you about what it is like to carry a child for nine months and to give birth to a child. But if I tried to do that, you ladies who have been through that process would probably be ready to crucify me. Because I wouldn't do it justice. Because I only hear about it. I've not experienced it. It is helpful also, though not required to understand where the one to whom you're speaking is in their understanding of sin, of God, of Christ, of death, and so on. An example, you may say to someone, God is love. And they think God will give me whatever I want. And you're talking about providing Christ as payment for sin. You may say to a non-believer, well, God will give you eternal life. And they're thinking, oh, I get to go to heaven when I die. And that's all they hear. And you're thinking a relationship with God and Jesus Christ coming from John 17, verses 1 through 4. You may talk about Christ. And they may think, well, he's another way to God. And you're thinking he is the way, the truth, and the life. So sometimes it's important that we understand where people are at and seek to respond accordingly. And sometimes questions are helpful in understanding where people are and their thinking. Years ago, I was talking to a fellow who shared what he believed. Well, I said, here's what Scripture says. 
And then I said, what do you do with what you believe and what scripture says? How do you respond? And that clarified somewhere he was at in his thinking. As you understand where people are in their thinking, begin there. You can say to some people, now God wants to be your father, and they'll say, I don't want God to be my father, because if God is my father, he's going to be like my earthly father was, and he was a terrible man. You're going to have to do some thinking and talking on what God is like. Making disciples is generally a process in time. Not a one-time conversation. Someone sows seeds, someone prepares soil, someone waters, and ultimately God gives the increase. Let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. As we consider John chapter 1, looking at this portion of Scripture, just to help us see that in John chapter 1, the early part of the chapter... The eight items that I mentioned are basic to the gospel, are part of this passage. John chapter 1, I begin reading with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, or was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Excuse me. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and his dwelling and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Now John, as he begins his gospel... He unloads a lot in 18 verses. His purpose in writing the gospel was so that people might believe in Jesus Christ and have eternal life, according to chapter 20. Now, as you think about John 1, 1 through 18, God 
is mentioned in verse 1. Verse 2, verse 6, verse 13, verse 14, verse 18. <clears throat> in discussing Christ, God is mentioned. We also find that <clears throat> man or humans are implied in verse 5. The light shone in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. <clears throat> the darkness involving humans. In verse 7, <clears throat> he came as a witness, <clears throat> excuse me, came as a witness to testify concerning that light, and through him all men might believe. Again, humans implied. The same in verse 10 and verse 11. If we're going to talk to people about the gospel, we have to talk to them about themselves. We also find that sin, went the wrong way there, sin is implied. In verse 5, the light shone in the darkness. The darkness has not understood it. Light, darkness. Darkness implies sin. In verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Why didn't they recognize him? <clears throat> Again, as you read on in the gospel, sin is involved. Death is not mentioned directly, <clears throat> but darkness is mentioned. <clears throat> life is mentioned, so if there's life in Christ, <clears throat> that means there has to be death apart from Christ. As you read John 1, 1 through 18, <clears throat> Christ is all over the passage. In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? According to verse 14, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <clears throat> he, the Word, Christ, was with God in the beginning. Through him, Christ, all things were made. <clears throat> Christ he is central to the gospel. Repentance <clears throat> and faith are implied in the passage. <clears throat> Verse 7, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. Belief involved. In verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Repentance, faith, being central to the gospel and clearly communicated in the passage. Eternal life. Look at verse 12. Yet to all who believed or received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And as eternal life is described later, that is involved. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human or a husband's will, human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Not mentioned in this passage, but a few verses later, the cross. Verse 29 of chapter 1. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
as you read through the Gospels, you read through Acts, you read through the Epistles, you read through Revelation, you will find that when the Gospel of Jesus Christ is touched on in any way, God, humans, sin, death, Christ, the cross, repentance, faith, eternal life, are central. So as we are talking to unbelievers, we want to relate to unbelievers. Those are basic concepts that we would want to, somewhere along the line, share, or maybe someone else has already shared with them. Let's think a little about God. What do people think about God? What do people in our valley think or believe about God? Looking for some response. How do people in our valley see God? Think about it. The average person in our valley, in our area, how do they think about God? Why don't he fix these things? Okay, the wars and all the ills in our world. Other response, how do people think about God? Priscilla. Okay, he'll got away. You're good against your bad, your works and what type they are and so on. Okay, anyone else? How rich? I think a lot of people <laughs> think they're going good. They don't think they're Okay, they don't think about it when things are going good and when they're bad. Why did God allow it to happen? Okay. Any other response? Mark. Quick question whether he even exists. How people think about God is going to make a big difference concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if God does not even exist, how do you have Christ? Another question. You don't need to respond to this. You can think about it. What does your unsaved friend or mate or coworker or fellow student believe about God? Now think about the student you sit beside in school or you ride the bus with or that coworker or neighbor. How do they think about God? What do they believe about God? Well, he doesn't exist. Well, he's a big guy that sits up there in the sky, you know. What do they believe? going to make a difference in how you respond. Then let me ask, what do you believe about God? As you consider Scripture, God in Scripture, God is creator. In the beginning, God. So you talk to someone about Jesus Christ, you explain the cross, you explain what did, what Christ did, and they say, who's God anyways? I don't even believe there is a God. Maybe you better go back and talk about God. In the beginning, God. He's creator. If there's no creator God, 
there's no Savior. Because if God didn't create, there's a lot of things we don't have. God also is holy. He has a standard. Why did God judge Cain in Genesis 4 if there was no standard for worship? Why did God judge in the flood if there was no standard? God is holy. God is also a God of judgment, of wrath. Can you tell someone that God is love? And then the next breath, say God is wrath. He's both, along with many other qualities. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of wrath. Genesis 6, the flood. Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. God is also a God of love and grace and mercy. Genesis 4 and God's dealing with Cain. <clears throat> Genesis 11, Christ coming is God's mercy. God is also a God who is faithful. Genesis 12. And God's dealing with Abraham. He's a faithful God. God is also a person. So what do you mean he's a person? Genesis 1 <clears throat> talks about the fact that God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. <clears throat> He's a person. He has character. He has attributes. He communicates. He relates. We're created in his image. Yes, <clears throat> he is far above us, but he's a person. A large part of God's image is our personhood. The ability to relate, the ability to communicate, the ability to think, the ability to be creative, and so on. So we're talking to a non-believer about God and who he is. What's he like? Who is he? <clears throat> they may have a very good view of God. They may have a distorted view of God. But as we think about sharing the gospel, what is true if God is neglected or distorted? There's no creator. I want you to think about it. If you're going to communicate Jesus Christ to an unbeliever who does not believe in a creator God or doesn't even think there's a God who creates, there is no need of Jesus Christ. Because if God didn't create, Christ didn't create, and Christ is not who he claimed to be. 
So you're talking to an unbeliever who believes there is no God, there is no creator God. <clears throat> you neglect Genesis 1 through 11. And you discuss, you say, I want to get to Christ. Yes. But if God didn't create, we don't have Christ, and Christ did not create. So if you don't have God, there's no creator. There's no standard. I determine right and wrong. If God is not who he says he is, there's no standard of right and wrong. It's kind of like driving without any rules. In some countries, you think it's that way. But there's even rules in countries. You go to the Dominican Republic, you think it's just chaotic. There's rules. If you're an inch in front of the other guy and you're beside him, you have the right of way. That's a rule. That's understood. It's just not the way we're used to it. But we live by rules all the time. You pull up to stop sign, you assume that you stop. You come to a light that's red, you stop. We can't live without some type of standard. But if God is not, or there's a distorted view of God, then we have a distorted view of standards. If God is not who he says he is, there's no accountability. We want that in our country. No accountability. But if God is not creator, there's no standard, and there's no accountability. I can do as I please. Also, we have pluralism. Pluralism. That is, many gods, many religions, many ways to God. In our valley, we're more and more coming to the point of thinking, well... Jesus is one of many ways to God. If God is not God, then Jesus is merely one of many ways to God. So you believe Jesus is a way to God. Well, I believe Buddha is. Well, I believe the way to God is to do good works. You have your way, I have my way. If God is not God, then Christ is one of many. There's a rejection of Christianity due to Christ being the only way to God. Christianity, if you want to use that term, Christ, in our culture is pretty well considered narrow-minded. Why? Because Christianity says... Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. Now that is narrow. Jesus did say, narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. So why will people in our valley, on your job, in your school say, oh, you're just one of those narrow-minded Christians. You believe Jesus is the only way. It goes back to a God issue. Who is God? If God is creator, if he is holy, if he has a standard, we're accountable to him. 
then we need to respond to him. Another result, God is to be used for our desires, our wants. If God is not understood in a biblical way, then we want to use God. Well, I'll use God to get to heaven. I'll use God to fix my problem. I'll use God when I'm in this trouble. I don't know him any other time, but I'll use him. God says, I'm not here to be used. I'm God. I'm sovereign. And I have loved you, as we'll touch on next week, and I've demonstrated that in Jesus Christ. I want a relationship with you, but on my terms. See, I can't go to God and say, hey, God, I've been a pastor for 34 years now. I think you should give me a relationship with you and let me into heaven. God says, no, Dan, you come in my terms. You're sinful. You're rebellious. Christ paid the penalty. You're under my judgment. And until you come to faith in Christ, there's no hope. You come by my terms. Now we say that sounds hard. What kind of God is he? A God who is holy, who is creator, who is sovereign, who is wrath, who is judgment, who is love, who is mercy, who is faithful, along with other qualities, all wrapped up into one. And he says, I desire a relationship with you. So as we think about sharing the gospel, I'm not saying we have to mention everything that I shared this morning, but we have to stop and ponder God. Who is he? And as we think about the gospel, we know that central to the gospel is Christ. And we want to sing about him as Travis comes to lead. As we sing in Christ alone. Travis? Travis?